in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is me. Uh, Let's see. The plane's flying again. They are. That's good, although they're still kind of screwed up. Uh, What else is going on? Uh, Joe Biden is in serious, serious trouble. And uh, my book tour continues. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's kind of nerve-wracking. And, uh, oh, I'm getting more hate mail than ever before. So that's always a good sign. Uh, This airline thing, no TAMs, notice to airmen. All right, so what is this like? I am surprised, actually, they grounded everybody because the no TAM system wasn't working very well. I happen to be an aviator, a pilot. I flew professionally for nine years, and I was familiar with NOTAMs. And back then, we called them notice to airmen or notices to airmen. You know what they call them now? No, airmen. That's totally politically incorrect. They changed it. They changed, Pete Buttigieg changed it to notice to air missions. Notice to air missions. You can't, you can't call a you – know, there, there are lots of women pilots. Well, there aren't, but anyway. Um, airmen, no – uh, air missions, yes. What was it? It was like a heads up that you might see this along the way. Um, what's it like? It's like looking at a bulletin board. It's kind of like for your if you're driving somewhere, um, it's like listening to the traffic on the radio ahead of time. You kind of need it. You can live without it, although there might be something important in it once in a blue moon. Um, we don't really use it all that much anymore because we have so much data and it's kind of like that with aviation. I'm surprised they actually downed the whole system because the NOTAM updating um, system wasn't working that well. They were updating the software. You know, have we gone overboard with putting everything in computers? We never had this problem back with paper. I mean, well, I just feel like, and you know what they did? Oh, they updated the software. You know how they always want you to update the software? And that almost always leads to an issue with your phone or your computer or whatever. The software is good enough. Leave it alone. I just, uh, updating the software. So notice to airmen. That's why they, Pete Buttigieg, he was all about fixing the term. No, no, Tam, notice to airmen, air missions. All right. All about that, but not about actually making sure the system was working and that something like this wouldn't happen. Way to go, Pete. Wow. What the hell is he doing as the secretary of transportation? What is he doing as a secretary of transportation? He's like 35 years old. He's never uh, run any kind of transportation company or anything like that. He was the mayor of a very small town. What's it called again? Fort Wayne, Southwood, somewhere in Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. Population, you. Population, what, 30,000, 35,000, maybe 50,000 tops. What's the population? I'll look it up. Anyway, he was the mayor there. And in the ultimate, you know, I I don't think white privilege is a thing. But if you want to talk about white privilege, Mayor Pete is the poster boy for white privilege. He's the mayor of, what is this? I, I still can't get it right. Fort Bend, Indiana. And he runs for president. I'm going to go from mayor of this hick town to president of the United States. Why? Why you, Pete? And by the way, he was taken quite seriously. Oh, yeah. This was a major, major addition to the field, this mayor of uh, Fort Bend, right? Why? 
Why was it? Because I noticed there was another mayor of uh, of pretty small town, Miramar, Florida. He ran for president too. Wait, the population? Okay, it's one hundred and three thousand. Uh, that is still incredibly small. That's that's not presidential material. Now let's look up Miramar, Florida. There was a guy there, the mayor, nice guy, Democrat, um, Wayne Messam. He ran for president too. Ooh, Miramar, Florida is actually bigger than. Then Southwood, uh, 40, 150,000 people. That's bigger, a lot bigger. You never heard of him, right? You never heard of Wayne Messam. They didn't give him a cabinet job. <laughs> he couldn't get noticed. Why not? What's the difference? What's so special about Mayor Pete compared to uh, Wayne Messam? In my book, they're both, you know, okay. Hey, it's perfectly fine to run a small city. If you want to be president, you got to run a bigger city, or maybe you get elected to statewide office, or, or maybe you become a mega successful businessman. I mean, if if you really want to become the mayor of Fort Wood, Indiana, you can. You can just move there, and and you can do that. That's not a big deal. We don't, as a society, value that accomplishment all that much, and that's why mediocrities like Pete Buttigieg can get in there. Oh, wait a second, he's not mediocre. Oh no. He went to, he went to a nice college. He went to a beautiful college, the Ivy League. Isn't that, isn't that impressive? No, it's not. The only people who are impressed by that are political reporters. I had an interesting conversation once with um, Elliot Spitzer, of all people. And Elliot Spitzer, very talented guy. I know he had his problems, and, you know, gee whiz, oh boy, he paid a price, though. And Elliot Spitzer went to Princeton and Harvard. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's like nobody, you shouldn't be impressed. Only political reporters are impressed. Voters are not impressed. Voters get it, he told me. Then he said this, do you realize that voters, because they're busy with their lives, they care more about Penn State than the University of Pennsylvania. A lot of people think Penn State is a better school than the University of Pennsylvania because Penn State has the football team and we all watch that and it's a big deal. Does the University of Pennsylvania have a football team? I think they have a chess club. That's a um, no, no. I'm sorry. They probably have a football team with all women, right? <laughs> that's that's Leah Thomas. Uh, that's the that's the transgender uh, uh, pool, right? Yeah. Uh, University of Pennsylvania is a more competitive college, though. It's part of the Ivy League, and um, but it doesn't really matter. So going back to Pete, he had that credential, fancy colleges, Harvard, I think. And the other thing, though, forget Harvard. Forget this is what made the political elite swoon. He's gay. Right. Pete Buttigieg is a is a gay person and he's married to some guy. And that's fine. It's for me, it's neither here nor there. It makes no difference. Uh, I happen to be married to a woman. Does that make me qualified to be, I don't know, the mayor of Southwood, the president of the United States? It makes no difference. Right. Right. But they could not stop writing about that. I'm talking about the New York Times, the Washington Post, Politico, Axios, all those phony outfits. They were in love with his sexuality. They just thought it was the most amazing thing. And there are a million articles about it. The day Mayor Pete came out, the day Mayor Pete, you know, had a gay wedding, the day Mayor Pete uh, realized he was gay, the day it just goes on and on and on like that. I've showed this on the Newsmax show. There are literally thousands upon thousands of these headlines. And that's what made him special. That's what made him a, a figure to watch. 
Some of the other senators, I actually feel for them. You know that Amy Klobuchar? She was sick of that guy. Sick of that guy. She ran for president. She had two terms in the United States Senate. Look, being a senator isn't all that, but a lot of people want that job. It's a pain in the neck to get it. And she got it. And she's got to share the stage with Mayor Pete. Well, wait a second. Mayor Pete fought for our country in Afghanistan. <laughs> okay. That's another thing they liked. Oh, he's gay and he's a uh, a military veteran. Uh, the late, great Ed Koch. I think he came up with this slogan. I think it's him who came up with the expression, too cute by half. Too cute by half, right? It's just, it's a little much, all right? You're you're outsmarting yourself. You're, it, it's It just... And it all doesn't quite fit. Now, the mayor um, being gay and then going to Afghanistan, the Afghanistan part is where it jumped the shark for me. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I rolled up my sleeves and said, what the hell's going on here? And sure enough, sure enough, he scammed his way into the military, scammed his way over to a job in Afghanistan where he knew he would not be harmed. Oh, gosh, what a scammer. I mean, John Kerry milked Vietnam but nothing compared to uh, Mayor Pete. You know how Mayor Pete, uh, you ever see that movie Officer and a Gentleman? When he joins, uh, what is it, Lou Gossett Jr. and Richard Gere? Uh, all that stuff they had to go through to be in uh, an officer in the Navy? Or how about Full Metal Jacket? You ever see that, the boot camp scene? And, you know, you are all worthless pieces of that thing, you know? Um, Pete didn't have to do any of that. He didn't do any of that. You know how he got in? A medical checkup. He filled out an application. And then he was in. That's it. No boot camp. No yelling and screaming and shouting. No evaluation about whether he had the ability or potential or anything to lead. It's a weirdo backdoor um, uh, portal into the into the uh, military. It was actually invented for members of Congress so that they could get their military check in the box and not really break a sweat. Lyndon Johnson, famously. Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson, actually. Oh, boy, Lyndon was a piece of work. Anyway, uh, he has no idea what he's doing, so he's screwed up uh, the supply chain, as you know. He was too busy on maternity leave, paternity leave, I should say. And the other thing, uh, the no-tam system. He changed the name, but he didn't fix the system. Uh, so, and I don't think Joe Biden likes him because guess what? Pete wants to be president in a bad way. And I think he'd like to run in 2024. And I told you already, all the political elites, uh, especially the political elites, the, uh, the political journalists across the country, they, for some reason are particularly fascinated and focused on Pete's sexuality, political reporters. I don't know what it is about them, but they really find that interesting. So they would love to have somebody like Mayor Pete. It's not a done deal that Donald uh, that uh, that Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. So this thing with the documents is serious. This is serious. I know already the media kind of going into protection mode, and it's a world of difference between uh, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, right? No, totally different, right? Totally different story. No, it's not. But boy, they keep saying that. Let's see here. Uh, where is that? Um, uh, remember when they had all those guys? Hey, mm, well, here they are freaking out about Ma- about uh, Mar-a-Lago. Cut 27, please. 
Then there is Mar-a-Lago itself, right? The more we learn about the porous nature of, of the beach club, it sounds like a lot of people were coming in and out of Mar-a-Lago. You can't just have them lying around in boxes at Mar-a-Lago where different people can just walk in and read those documents. So this is a very serious matter. You don't have to make too many jumps to realize how, how many people at Mar-a-Lago and the type of people at Mar-a-Lago who could have uh, potentially had access to this, these documents. The place is filled with foreign nationals. It's filled with the type of grifters who have always flocked to Donald Trump and have always tried to get close to him because they see opportunities. All right. Go to hell, pal. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. It's not like that. It's a fine place. So Joe Biden had all these documents in some office building in Washington, D.C., 101 Constitution Avenue. Was there security there? Was it protected like um, by the Secret Service, like Mar-a-Lago? No. Was it protected by a security guard? No. Was it protected by uh, a college intern? Not in any of the photos we've seen. The office looks like it's totally unattended. What is it protected by? What is that office building protected by? Which, oh, by the way, contains three restaurants, a rental car place. Uh, Goldman Sachs has an office there. There are like 500 tenants in this building. All different cats and dogs, right? You know what protects it? A sign that says parking for tenants only. It doesn't even have a gate. Parking for tenants only. That's it. That's it. So uh, they asked Joe about this. His explanation here is... um, are we ready? How much time do we can we do this? Can we do this? All right, let me he he implicates himself with this answer and it's kind of fascinating. It goes on. He speaks a little bit too much and when Joe does that, he usually screws up. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, you ready for it? All these classified documents found in Joe Biden's office in a closet, unattended, been there for years. This is one of the longest, most convoluted, but possibly incriminating denials I've heard in a long time. You ready for this? All right, this is Joe Biden in Mexico. They tracked him down, asked him this question. Cut 26, please. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. Oh, shoot. I said, that's, not billion billion that's not it. 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 All right. Hold on. Let me go. All right. Here we go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you cut 28, please. Cut 28. News at home. Can you explain how classified documents ended up in one of your offices? And should the public have been notified sooner? Well, let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, for four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, you know, a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and 
I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, will be more detail at that time. In a weird way, he just provided a hell of a lot of detail, and he did incriminate himself. By the way, doesn't it sound bad right from the get-go? Lawyers are clearing out the office. Lawyers have advised him not to ask about what the documents are. That's what he said at the end. Now, I know Joe can be, uh, you know, he loses himself and he doesn't always make sense. But I could see a lawyer advising that. <laughs> Joe, you you don't want to ask what these documents pertain to. <laughs> you know nothing. You know nothing, all right? You don't know how they got there? How did they get there? And he's banking on, oh, everybody understands. Why were the lawyers cleaning out the office and not his grandkids? Right? If it was a, you know, if you're really just moving some boxes out of this office that you probably never deserved in the first place. University of Pennsylvania, Biden Center. It is a, oh, look, oh what do they do there? I got it, actually. They has, <laughs> uh, Tell me, does this sound like a legitimate academic pursuit to you? Um, here's what they do. Here's what they do at the, at the Biden Center. Okay? It goes something like this. Based in our nation's capital... The Penn-Biden Center engages more of our fellow citizens in shaping this world while ensuring the gains of global engagement are widely shared. <laughs> Translation, slush fund, okay? <laughs> Translation, uh, this is where we can receive all kinds of money from China. Yeah, University of Pennsylvania raised an obscene amount of money from China, something like $60 million over the course of, I think, like two years, $60 million from China. I mean, uh, hmm. And the documents themselves, reportedly CNN, and this is why I think that Joe's in trouble, and there are some ambitious Democrats who want to take him out, because uh, uh, CNN is pushing this story. They're pushing it, and they broke that the documents pertain to Ukraine, Iran, UK. I heard one report that China as well. Let's, let's take Ukraine first. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. That's been in the news lately, hasn't it? Didn't Hunter Biden go there once or twice or at least get paid by them? Let's see. Uh, every month, $97,000 for three years? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, that Ukraine. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Tough guy, huh? Tough guy. Of all the countries in the world, all the countries in the world, he leans on the president of Ukraine to fire a prosecutor. If I ever meet Joe Biden, that's the number one question. How many other countries were there? Uh, how many other countries in addition to Ukraine did you go over, go to the trouble of making sure they got rid of their chief prosecutor? Well, wait a second. I heard that the entire government interagency and the European Union decided that that, co that prosecutor was corrupted. 
How many times has the entire interagency gotten together to figure out that they don't like one prosecutor in some weird country? How often does that happen? How perfectly situated is a vice president of the United States positioned to influence the interagency? You know, you ever see a situation where the boss wants something and what? The agency, <laughs> the the business, the job, the employees, they set it up so the boss gets what he wants. Happens all the time. It's human nature. And they wanted that guy gone because he was looking into Burisma. It's that simple. No, that's been debunked. No, it hasn't been debunked. God bless Rudy Giuliani, by the way. God bless Rudy Giuliani. I told you, actually. You know, well, did I ever say this out loud? I always felt that there would be divine intervention at some point. And, you know, everything is in his hands, God's. And he knows everything. No secrets from God, right? And always, and he works in mysterious ways, and he wants, uh, you know, but nothing happens without his uh, green light. Yet we have free will. I know, it's a conundrum. It's kind of, it can really mess with your head. But... Uh, what I'm saying is this. I do believe that God knows, as I know, that Joe Biden is a corrupt guy. And this is not going to stand for too much longer. It's just not. And this is a big step in that direction. And can we, I want to hear this denial again, because it's actually fascinating. And just remember this. How many times have we heard Joe Biden lying, just flat out, black and white, just busted in lies, right? Busted couple off the top of my head. I got three degrees when I was an undergraduate. No, you barely got one. I graduated at the top of my law school class. No, you barely made it at the bottom. You almost flunked out. You almost got tossed out for plagiarism. Okay? Uh, Let's see. Um, There are 50 intelligence officials who say this is Russia disinformation, the laptop. And you said that you knew. You knew it was legit. You knew it was Hunter's. You also said that Bo Biden got killed in Iraq. You also said that you got shot in Iraq. I could go on like this, but you, sir, (laughs) when you try to, uh, it does sound like he's uh, really kind of at a loss here, but he's been given some talking points. So let's listen to him. This is the denial. Joe Biden on the secret documents found at his no-show job office at the University of Pennsylvania, cut 28. On the news at home, can you explain how classified documents ended up in one of your offices, and should the public have been notified sooner? Let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously. Stop! You know what I thought he was going to say? And I, he almost people know I take classified documents everywhere I go. People know I take them home at night. People know I, but he takes them seriously. How do we know that he takes them seriously? How do we know that? He's an arrogant guy. He's been in government for a long time. Maybe he's seen, as I have seen, that they overclassify stuff. And sometimes the classification is a pain in the neck. I said, when I was in the military, I talked about this yesterday. They used to classify the damn weather report. There were a million different ways you could get in trouble in the military, okay? This was one of them. If you did the wrong thing with a classified document and everything was classified. Keep going. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I 
for four years after being vice president. I was a professor at Penn. Stop. Uh, Why the hell were the lawyers clearing out his office? Now, he's he's getting the timeline confused or deliberately confused. He's no longer he's no longer the vice president of the United States. He said they're setting up an office for him at the Capitol. Well, no, not the Capitol. He's trying to confuse us because the vice president gets an office at the Capitol. The vice president, the sitting vice president of the United States has an office at the Capitol in the Capitol building. He's talking about the Capitol district. He's talking about, you know, a Constitution Avenue. That's not the Capitol. Might be the Capitol neighborhood, but it's not the Capitol. It's a private building. And I already told you, lots of other businesses in there instead of the University of Pennsylvania Joe Biden Center. Hertz Rent-A-Car. Charlie Palmer Steakhouse, uh, the Terrace Tofu Shop, <laughs> Goldman Sachs, Joe Blow Lawyers, everything was in there. And it wasn't protected by the Secret Service. And lawyers are clearing out the office. Lawyers. Lawyers. Why lawyers? Isn't that strange right there in and of itself? It is. Very. Keep going. They found some documents in a box, you know, the locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. Stop! (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get through that. Locked box. Locked, wait. Locked cabinet. Locked closet. Which is it? One box. Classified documents. Fishy, 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 fishy. And this is the part they're they're really hanging their hat on. Immediately they called the National Archives. You know, Joe Biden, I mean, Donald Trump, he didn't call the National Archives. Actually, the Trump administration, they were going back and forth with the National Archives within about six seconds. They actually started hassling him about these documents while he was still president of the United States. It's true. Did you see my show last night? I portrayed it rather beautifully. Two guys are walking out of the White House with boxes. They're holding boxes. Two 25-year-old guys are walking from the White House to the helicopter with boxes. On the morning of January 20th, 2021, Donald Trump is still president. Donald Trump is actually still in the White House at this point. And some swamp jerk by the name of uh, David Akaria, he's the chief archivist of the United States. He's watching TV and he says, what the hell is in those boxes? And then he said, that's what started this whole thing. I want to know know what was in those boxes. And like any good bureaucrat, he made a federal case out of it, hassling a sitting president of the United States. All right. Remember, though, Joe's an ex-president of the United States. This office wasn't established until 2018, a year after his vice presidency. Donald Trump went from president to Mar-a-Lago. He's still president. He went right to Mar-a-Lago. Joe Biden didn't go right to the University of Pennsylvania. He was all over the place. Probably had a lot of catching up to do, something tells me. All right, keep going, please. Immediately call the archives. Immediately call the archives. Turn them over to the archives. And I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. Wait, I've turned- my lawyers have not suggested that I ask what documents they were? 
My lawyers have not suggested that I ask what documents they were. Huh? I'm actually kind of convinced this is not Joe being, uh, you know, advanced and cloudy and weird. This is Joe at his, <laughs> in a weird way, this is Joe at his finest when he's deceiving, okay? when he's Because he's been here before. He's not very good at it, but he thinks he is. All right. One more. Over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. Boxes. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, will be more detail at that time. Uh, hmm. Sounds very um, criminal. <laughs> we're cooperating. My lawyers, my lawyers suggest this. I can't say anything more other than that. It sounds very criminal, quite frankly. And I think it's a not an inside job, but the other day, it was this week I woke up, I said, I can't believe Joe Biden's going to be the nominee for re-election. And if he is, they must know something, that this thing is cooked, this thing is rigged, this thing is, there's right? Right? I mean, how can this guy be the nominee? In a weird way, I'm kind of relieved. Well, I am relieved because the truth is coming out about Joe all over again. I've known it all along. Maybe other people are waking up. But this has got to end. You know, I would love Donald Trump to replace him, but we need him out of there uh, on January 20th. Uh, what the hell? Uh, 2025, if not before, via impeachment or resignation or resigns for health reasons or, or both. What do you think, Jason, in Jersey City? Hello. Hey, how are you, man? Good. Good. Hey, I uh, I was watching your show. It was beautiful as usual last night. Very good. And I was uh, I was surfing during your commercial, and I uh, stopped by Fox News, and Ingram was on. Um, and as much as I can't stand her, she was either complimenting you or ripping you off because when you do the Hogan's Heroes theme, and it always makes me laugh, she actually did the Hogan's Heroes thing with Sergeant Schultz last night on her show, like I know nothing type thing. So she was either complimenting you or ripping you off. Mm, it seems like it's a different. Uh, I like Laura. It is. I, it's a different point. I was. I like that song because it's goofy, and when the committee comes in, they're all self-important and serious. It's a kind of a fun clown song that undermines that. The whole I know nothing Sergeant Schultz thing, I never found very funny or interesting and it's invoked all too often. I don't I don't I don't get it. It's I told you, I think. I watched I never watched Hogan's Heroes. I would watch the show open because oh, this looks like a cool show. They got Jeeps and stuff and it's a fort and then it started and then they just it was just like a, a jerky humor that I didn't get quite frankly when I was 5. I saw it in reruns. But anyway, hey, thanks for the heads up, Jason. You good otherwise? I agree. Yes, sir. But there was one other thing about Greta. If I could say something about Greta Van Susteren. All right. Um, well, listen, I like Greta. Come on. What up? What is, what no, is no, it? No, I, I like Greta, too. You know, she's got cannonballs between them. I love Greta. She had John Bolton on that coward last night. Oh, yeah. I don't like him. And? I, I, I'd like to put him in a room. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she, uh, you know, she impressed me because, you know, she's half a liberal and she really put his feet to the fire, man, because she was questioning him about, you know, these uh, documents found at Biden's. And all he could do, and I swear to you this is true, was 
pretend that what Joe Biden did was completely legal and legit and Trump is a monster and belongs in a prison cell. And she really <laughs> held his feet to the fire when he was selling her that nonsense. I got to check that out. I like it. It's amazing. It's the swamp, right? It's not Democrat, Republican. It's the swamp versus us. The swamp versus Trump. I'll go into detail last tonight about this Biden uh, Penn Center and how it was uh, set up and all the phonies who went there. They all know it's a gravy train. It really is just that. How can we set up a vehicle where we can make money, i.e. receive money for doing not so much other than making introductions and uh, greasing the wheels of government? It's incredible. Take And take a look. You know what I can't stand about Joe Biden? He's such a dandy. You know, it's one thing to take pride in your appearance or to, no, I shouldn't say pride, but just to, to, to look good and, you know, feel good, self-confident. This guy's a show-off. I can tell. He's always touching his clothes, and he's very, very proud of being so slim. And sometimes I'm, I'm, if you're skinny, I admire you. I even envy you a little bit. But if you got a big, tough job and you look too good, that's a problem to me. That means, you know, when you're really working, you know, you're eating bagels, you're grabbing whatever you can on the go. You know, you don't take perfect care of yourself. But Joe Biden, since he has no real responsibilities, believe it or not, He's always polishing himself, you know, polishing and polishing and polishing. Does that make sense, Jason? Absolutely, it does. He's absolutely he's completely useless. He's an empty suit. He's a shell. He's nothing. They're all a bunch of criminals, and I can't stand them. All right. Hey, uh, what else do you got? What do you What do you do when you're not uh, watching cable news? I uh, I build uh, things. Uh, you know, I putz around in my workshop. Uh, and I listen to you, man. I appreciate it very, very much, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for the support. And um, yes, and thank you all for the support, by the way. The book is doing very well. Uh, tonight, I am going to probably go into the uh, the Trayvon Martin chapter, Trayvon Martin hoax. A friend of mine, Joel Gilbert, did some important work in this area, uh, and I, I build on that. Trayvon Martin, you know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. No. Uh, Trayvon was six foot two and a gangbanger. Okay, he was bad news, and he bashed George Zimmerman's head into the concrete. Remember this case, George Zimmerman, by the way, who was um, not white. <laughs> Just that's always overlooked. And George Zimmerman. Okay, he's obviously Hispanic. He's not white, but they they, they just glossed all, all, all the very inception, the very birth of Black Lives Matter was a lie. It was created in response to what they call the murder of Trayvon Martin. No, he was justifiably killed. I wish he was still here, but more I wish that he didn't hurt uh, that he didn't hurt George Zimmerman and uh, BLM all to bail out Barack Obama, who was in big trouble with black people in 2012. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Some uh, editor at the New York Times uh, apparently committed suicide. Yikes, just uh, early 40s, two kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> Call me. I can help. Seriously. Gosh, if you're ever thinking, if you're there, that down in the dumps. I've been pretty down in the dumps, but you can't do that. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I'm not sure how he did it. It does call to mind, though, for me, something. It's kind of gruesome, but it's kind of, in its own way, it's funny. Um, I was with my dad maybe... This is about a dozen years ago or so. He was commissioner, and we were um, in the Battery Parks. We were downtown somewhere, and 
there were a bunch of lights and a bunch of ambulances and you know he was commissioner and he was in his official vehicle i was with him and kind of went down to check it out cuz it was in the neighborhood and we get out of the car my i keep a distance back by the time we get there we realize that somebody had jumped out of a window and died all right a suicide and um my dad gets out of the car and he he walks over and he's talking to the on scene commander and they're chit-chatting for a while you know maybe 2 minutes actually and then i can tell they're just shooting the breeze and everything's fine and you know and then and my son greg and they oh greg and i i I'm kind of my dad motions and i come over and uh we're all chit-chatting oh i love you and roseanne you know you guys are the best and you know <laughs> it's a and then i finally said um hey can i ask you something uh, where's the body he said oh it's right here and it was right at our feet i couldn't see it it was under a black tarp it was the most and the thing is about and i was <gasps> But the thing is about cops, they see this stuff all the time. And you need coping mechanisms. And actually, I'm looking at this thing. Apparently, the guy jumped off a bridge. And I can I got a picture, and I see one of the cops. And he's like, you know, he's having a cup of coffee. And he's, you know, this is, this is the day in the life of a cop. These things happen. Tough, tough, tough job. And you come up with, with coping mechanisms. And, of course, as a society... We have not made it any easier to be a police officer. We've damn near made it impossible. Almost 4,000 NYPD cops have quit this year. This year. Bob, uh, Bob, Bob in Yonkers, you have something to say about that. Yeah, Greg, uh, thank you for your service, Greg. We need your father back as, as police commissioner or head of the FBI. He, he has a discipline and integrity. We need him. Thank you. I agree, uh, but it's not happening, okay? <laughs> Eric Adams, uh, no, no, I don't think uh, those guys could ever work with each other, although my dad would probably for the good of the city, but uh, Eric Adams, remember, remember Eric Adams? I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable. He's a racist. He's a racist, and he doesn't like my dad for a lot of reasons, including um, the color of his skin, I suspect. What? Your father did an article on him, I think, a couple years ago and swore that he would never go higher than captain over his dead body. Well, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, we didn't. I mean, I don't think my dad said it quite like that, but uh, Eric Adams uh, did not get promoted over the rank of captain. As a matter of fact, they showed him the door. He was about to be convicted on, um, I believe, from what I've read, departmental charges. He was uh, a bad cop, and uh, he quit before he could be punished and demoted. So, uh, bad guy. And now he can't believe he's the mayor. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's like you did something special. No, you got in through the back door. We have the Democrat primary on the last day of school in June. You notice that? The last day of school in June. 10,000 people voted for this guy. 10,000. Well, it was more than that. But it was nothing like in the days of Koch, Beam, Dinkins, like you know, to win a primary, you needed like close to a million votes. And a lot where it's like these are minuscule numbers. And this rank choice voting nonsense is a scam. It's an anti democratic scam. And uh, unfortunately, it's around. This is one of the reasons why, sorry to say, I may not be able to run for mayor. I don't trust the election system here in the city. No way do I trust it. We'll take a look at it. We'll see it. Hey, Bob, I appreciate it. Oh, there is the music. More when I come back. Oh, uh, oh, I wish he was coming on this show, but I'll be on the Bill O'Reilly show tonight if you're surfing around. BillOReilly.com. I'll be right back.
traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so the congressman who allegedly, apparently, yes, he did. He admitted that now, lied on his resume. Oh, my gosh. how I've never heard of such a thing. George Santos, Republican from Long Island, brand new congressman, 34 years old, and his own party is clamoring for his resignation. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I, eh, I think we can let this one go. Don't you? I mean, was he out there? Was he out there proudly proclaiming, I, George Santos, am a college graduate. I graduated from Baruch College. And I'm going to speak to you for the next 45 minutes about my college career and my academic credentials. No, he never said that. It was just a line on his website. I tell you what, take a look at anybody's resume. Take a really good look, line by line. I've actually always been, uh, sometimes my, my resume is actually very, um, it's very matter of fact. I never want, I heard Bill Clinton once, uh, he was giving a speech in Washington, D.C. towards the end of his presidency. It's like, <laughs> I tell you what, I've been, in public, I've been in public life all my life. I don't know how to get a job, but I, I've been getting ready. I've been working on my resume. Let's, let's face it, it's going to be a pretty good resume, you know? Let's uh, say youngest governor of Arkansas, three-term president, uh, Nobel. Everyone's like, three-term president? Uh, yeah, come on. Everybody exaggerates on resumes. <laughs> three-term president, right? So, um, and George Santos, I'm not going to join that mob, that thing. I, I, I knew that he was running. I knew that he was a Republican. Uh, I didn't know he was... Uh, gay, apparently that's part of his story. Is that true or not true? It doesn't matter. Um, but Joe Biden has been caught in far worse uh, lies. And many, 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 many more. Who's this congressman on Long Island who's clamoring for uh, his resignation? He's a Republican, Congressman Esposito. And the head of the Republican, uh, what is this, the Nassau County Republican Club? Mr. Cairo, is that his name? Cairo, as in the country? Cairo? They're both demanding that George Santos resign. I think he's fitting in pretty well down there, actually. I mean, seriously, it's like giving tickets out at the Indy 500, as they used to say. You can't uh, hang in there, George. I know. Look, he needs a good talking to. He needs to get straightened out, and hopefully he didn't uh, deceive anybody on those federal... Forms you got to fill out. Got to fill out a lot of federal forms when you want to run for an office. Too many federal forms in my book. We got to get back to the Constitution. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm a, you know, just a, what do you call those guys? Originalists. You want to know what the Constitution framers were thinking. You got to get inside their heads somehow. And what did they intend when they wrote this Constitution? Did they intend for a corporate IRS headquarters in, uh, Suburban Washington, D.C., a complex that's like five times the size of the Pentagon. I don't think they thought about that. I don't think that that was their intent.
But here we are. We got 537 members of uh, the Congress, plus of president and vice president. Those are the people we vote for. All right, at the federal level, what are they? What are they charged with managing? Nine point two million guys. Nine point two million. Well, you got to take out the military. We take out the military. That's one point four. Seven point eight million guys versus five hundred thirty-seven. Uh, who's going to be around longer? It's one of the reasons why I don't like term limits. Everybody. I think that our elected representatives need to be there. Otherwise, uh, you know who's really going to run the show even more? The swamp. The swamp. And uh, these guys, uh, the swamp. They're very good at lying. They're very good at power games. One more things on these. One more thing on these January six cops. You know they were picked for a reason, right? Why these cops? Why did they find the only cops in the world who were Trump haters? And who did they pick? All right. I notice I, the, the Capitol Hill police is ninety five percent white guys. Oh, by the way, <laughs> just saying. And they found a hot girl. They found a, uh, a guy from the Dominican Republic who served in the Iraq War. They found that good old boy, Michael Fanone. And then they found uh, big, dumb Harry Dunn. And you look at these people, it's very difficult for um, those who haven't served in uniform necessarily to criticize them. And that's where I'm like, and it's one of the lessons from my book. It's wrong. Remember, they work for us. They work for you. They work for you. It's one of the reasons why Matt Gates is one of the favorite members of Congress, quite frankly. He's not intimidated by these guys. He's not intimidated by Millie. And if you let these guys, these, I call, these are not police officers. These are bureaucrats with guns, and they're dangerous. They're going to abuse their, uh, their artificial authority. Cut 29, please. Cut 29. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. No. How dare you? That's contempt of Congress right there. Isn't that literally contempt of Congress? Michael Fanone. And then this one. And nobody, I mean, someone's got to call BS on this, all right? And I guess that's me, and that's fine. I put Harry Dunn in my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Um, seems like he's reading from a script, doesn't it? This guy's been around for two years now. He's been on The Tonight Show. He's been on Jimmy Fallon. He's a, And here he is again, the same damn sob story. Cut 31. You posted something on Twitter back in September that you know stopped me in my tracks. Quote, I've been struggling the last few days. This weekend I had PTSD flare-up. It was scary. I share this with the hope that someone who might read this who has been struggling also will come to realize that even strong people need help. That moment in time hit me so hard is because I have made such good progress to heal and be able to deal with these emotions and these feelings. You know, I could walk in and not be phased by seeing Confederate flag, but it was all just like out of nowhere just ripped away from me. And... And it it broke me, you know, it, it broke me. It broke me. It broke me. And now I'm okay. Now I can see a Confederate flag and keep my wits about me. Now, I, when the hell's the last time he saw a Confederate flag? I mean, really. 
And this is where the lying really kicks into overdrive. Now, why is this important? If Harry Dunn were just some guy shooting his mouth off to uh, uh, the fake news, I don't care. It's, it's a free country. You can say and think whatever the hell you want. Here's the problem. This man is still a police officer. He's still a cop. And he works on Capitol Hill. And the way he addresses members of Congress, um, he seems to think they uh, are subordinate to him. He's there in a support role. I mean, yeah, they serve the people, but he's there in a support role, right? And um, here's what he tweeted just the other day. And if I were a member of Congress, heads up, George Santos, okay? I mean, he, listen to this. This is Harry. He works. He's a security guard on Capitol Hill for crying out loud. Let's face it. To the reelected and the newly elected public officials, congratulations on your winning your hard fought elections. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sergeant Dunn. However, that wasn't your job. Oh, really? What else do we what else do we need to know, Sergeant Dunn? Your job is just getting started. Your job is to represent the people who elected you. It's not about you. It's about your constituents. Thank you. Thank you. At ease, Sergeant Dunn. You know what at ease means in the military? And Sit down and shut the hell up. He goes on. Deliver on the promises you ran on. People who voted for you have put their trust in you, and it shouldn't be misplaced. Be transparent with your voters, and most importantly, be honest. Congratulations. But again, the real work starts now. Now, you need somebody like me to say, uh-uh, time out, go to hell, sit down. That's not the way the system works. Okay? And this is getting dangerous with his gun and his uniform and his attitude. We did not elect Harry Dunn and his compadres there. And they picked Harry Dunn because they, they thought it would be delicate, Awkward, difficult for people, number one, to criticize somebody in uniform. Number two, to criticize somebody who happens to be black in uniform. Yes, that's part of the equation here. And speaking of that issue, he's lying when he says this. Cut 32, please. Cut 32. I'm still haunted by you being called the N-word. A word's a weapon. And on that day, it was used as a weapon. It's a weapon, but yet I still stand. And tall. I stand tall. Ooh, wow. How inspiring. Well, he said that during his testimony that he was called the N-word and everybody was making fun of him and pointing at him and like, look at that N-word. I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe that you heard the N-word that day, unless you said it. He was stationed right outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. There are a lot of cameras outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. There are body, there's body camera footage, security footage, cell phones all over the place. It's been two years. Don't you think we would have heard that by now? When they put that out? Of course. I mean, wow, they want to say MAGA is white supremacist. I mean, this would just seal the deal, wouldn't it? What did we hear on? I heard a lot. I heard some Gozo saying, Nancy. Oh, Nancy. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't hear the N word. Talk about weaponization, right? Weaponization of race. That's, um, it's not going to fly. Hey, one other thing. Well, there's more to say about Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden was a honorary professor of uh, presidential studies at the University of Pennsylvania Biden Penn Center. 
under the which is located at the Andrea Mitchell School of Democracy. There's an Andrea Mitchell. Yeah, that Andrea Mitchell, the one from TV. This Andrea Mitchell cut 34. President Trump is winding down a presidency that broke so many norms with a chaotic month of false claims, political attacks against leading members of his own party and grievances that he promises to carry into political battles yet to come. He cannot stick to a subject. It is remarkable. And when he doesn't know something, he just changes the subject, makes it all about himself. He is completely uneducated about any part of the world. He is not playing by anybody's ground rules except Donald Trump's. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Does that sound like straight news? I mean, really, is that straight news? It sounds like she has an opinion or two, right? Now, I thought I was hallucinating when I saw this. The Andrea Mitchell Center for the Study of Democracy. That's at the University of Pennsylvania, under which exists the Biden-Penn Center for Global Engagement. And yeah, it's the same Andrea Mitchell. Andrea Mitchell uh, married to Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan. I think I called him Michael last night. Alan Greenspan. The Fed chairman, right? Who did at times a decent job, but I think at the end he ruined the economy. Didn't he? uh, I think he spent too much time playing the clarinet. You know, he played the clarinet and he was good friends with Ayn Rand, of all people. You know, the fountainhead, Atlas Shrugged. He was a total brainiac when he was 25. Uh, and he was he's married to this day. I think he must be about 100 years old. He's married to Andrea Mitchell. How did that happen? How in the hell did this happen? All right, let's go through it. You, uh, the Andrea Mitchell Center for Study of Democracy was founded through a donation from Andrea Mitchell in 2017. This donation transformed what had been Penn's program on democracy, citizenship, and constitutionalism enabling the mission of that organization to be dramatically expanded as well as permanently supported. Well, I guess Andrea Mitchell is rich. Must be super duper rich. I mean, it does kind of make sense if you're in charge of the money supply, Alan Greenspan, that you got to be pretty good at investing. But it's absurd, right? It's kind of absurd. The Andrea (laughs) The Tony Guida School of Public Policy. I mean, it's just a... It's a little much. All right, give me a moment. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I, I think when somebody dies, we shouldn't say uh, on Twitter, "R.I.P." Rest in peace. I don't know. I don't. I, I. I don't know what that means anymore. I don't like it. I. I just. Uh, it seems like more of an epitaph for a cartoon mouse, right? R.I.P. You put it on like you know, remember with Tom and Jerry, like. Something like that. It doesn't seem suitable. It's not. It's not strong enough. It's just not dignified enough, right? Um, but anyway, um, rest in peace. Um, uh, well, Diamond, uh, we lost Diamond and Silk, and also this New York Times reporter. Why did he jump off that bridge? Gosh, what? Ah, uh, well, yikes. All right. Hey, maybe this will cheer us up. Okay, Ronald Reagan, thirty. How many years ago was it? Uh, 34 years ago today. This, he was winding down his presidency, very successful presidency. And uh, he said goodbye to all of us. Oh, this, this wasn't his final, final, final goodbye. Um, cut 40, please. This is the Gipper. 
We the people tell the government what to do. Yes. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. This belief has been the underlying basis for everything I've tried to do these past eight years. But back in the 1960s when I began, it seemed to me that we'd begun reversing the order of things. That through more and more rules and regulations and confiscatory taxes, the government was taking more of our money, more of our options, and more of our freedom. I went into politics in part to put up my hand and say, stop. I was a citizen politician, and it seemed the right thing for a citizen to do. I think we have stopped a lot of what needed stopping. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. Wow. Wow. We were blessed to have him. My goodness gracious. What an amazing man. And what uh, amazing words. And they do, it doesn't feel like that right now. Couple that to uh, Joe Biden speaking. Our patience is wearing thin. Take the vaccine. For God's sake, take the vaccine. What do you prefer, huh? Ronald Reagan. I once saw him from a distance. He was on the USS Iowa. I was on the JFK, and I could make him out. He was standing next to Nancy. I never got to meet him. I understand that uh, he could be a little bit uh, uh, remote, remote. He was very much in his own world, and Nancy had total access to that world. They were like one per totally, 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 totally intimate, close, as most married couples should be, but like at another level. It was really almost mystical. Anyway, Ronald Reagan, that was something else. Citizen, citizen, citizen statesman. That's the way it's supposed to work. They make fun of him for the movie career. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Great stuff. Thank you, Mr. President. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I got a big, uh, big tape here from Trump, who just put something up on Truth Social. It's a four-minute videotape, and I'm told that there's a chunk from my show, uh, last night's show, that's in it. I look forward to seeing this. I'm having them turn it around, and we'll... uh, We'll put it on the the radio here pretty soon. Uh, That's cool. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. He's talking about the Twitter files. You know, the Twitter files, the whole damn big tech rig to protect Joe Biden and hurt Donald Trump. It's amazing. And they caught the FBI. They caught him. The state of Missouri right now is suing the Biden administration. And when you sue somebody, you get to depose people. 
and you get to uh, learn things. And one of the things they uh, are learning is that the FBI was working for the Democrats. No other way to put it, really. It's that simple. Working for the Democrats. This guy, Elvis Chan, uh, telling big tech when to pull accounts, when to stifle stories. It's crazy. And it's a violation of our First Amendment when the government starts, you know, well, they didn't pass the law. If you got some guy from the FBI sitting in the New York Times newsroom saying that's a bad story and the New York Times says, okay, we'll pull it, that's a big problem, don't you think? I think so. Uh, Let's go to Mike in in Westchester. Hi, where in Westchester are you? Uh, Yeah, Mount Kisco. How do you do? Good. How are you? You What's up? Hey, Greg, listen. We need your help, brother. Mm-hmm. There's two things that are being manipulated here. One is they're saying that the Trump thing and the Biden thing are the same thing. They're not. I know. He took those elements as a vice president. He had no right to them in the beginning, and he has no none of the same protections as former president. He was a normal citizen virtually at that point, right. number one. And number two— the fact that they're allowing the media is allowing that to sort of be perpetuated. It's as though Biden, the president now took the documents. No, Biden, the citizen, the vice president who never had the right to those anyway and was never protected the same way. Mike, I've been yelling my head off about this as soon as I found out about it. So this point has been made and I'm trying, uh, but you're right. The mainstream media is protecting him. Okay. Is that it? Is that what you wanted to say? No. The second thing we need your help with, and this could be a great thing for your show. What? 50 days, 50 people, somebody get under the hood on each of the people that signed the letter on the laptop. They were either grossly incompetent or grossly negligent. No matter what, they're wrong, and no one's gone back to look at those 50-plus people and their reasons for signing that document and embarrassing themselves, no one's going under the hood on those 50 people. 50 people, 50 yeah. days, Mike, one extra Mike, day Mike, day. Mike, 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 you know what? That's yeah. a damn good idea. That is a damn right? good idea because uh, each of those people, and, you know, there are some famous ones. There's Leon Panetta. Uh, there's uh, Michael Hayden, former CIA director. There are big luminaries. And then there are these little guys, these these people you haven't heard of, but they're part of the national security establishment. And there, no one has uh, – I, I saw one guy get called out gently on Fox News. But, no, they all should be shamed. 50 days – I don't know if I'm going to drag it out over 50 days. I might do something a little bit different. Uh, but it's a good idea. It's a good idea. I'm on it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, man. And I talked to Rich about this. All yesterday. right, Mike, I got to go. All right, thanks. Um, well, he's talking to my boss about something. What the hell? Why is he doing that? All right. Hey, Mike, what are you doing talking to Rich about anything? All right. I already told you I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to run with it. Isn't that good enough? You want to work here now? (laughs) Come on. What are you talking to my boss for? All right. Play uh, Donald Trump, uh, this true social thing that just came out. The now famous Twitter files have proven beyond all doubt that the corrupt officials at the FBI have been coordinating a massive censorship, surveillance, and propaganda campaign against the American people and, frankly, against me. In the most recent and notorious example, the FBI worked to stop the truth 
from being told about the Biden family's criminality. They worked so hard to stop it from coming out and the corruption prior to the 2020 election. They didn't want any bad information to come out about the Biden family. The fix was in. The election was rigged. But the censorship of the laptop from hell is only the beginning of the story about the weaponization of government against free speech. We must have free speech in our country. We must have a fair and free press. As recent reporting shows, the FBI and other rogue agencies have been systematically colluding with former national security officials placed in high positions at Twitter and very likely other companies to advance their censorship regime, which is really, in this case, to steal an election. This anti-American effort, and a very illegal effort at that, has been working to silence dissenting opinions on COVID and crucial issues on public health and on the election and elections in the future. They suppressed doctors and health experts who dared to question approved public health narratives. They censored voices who criticized school closures, lockdowns, and mandates. And they even banned people simply for stating proven scientific facts. And anything bad about China, they didn't want out. But anything bad about Biden and the Biden crime family, and that's what it was, just look at the laptop from hell. They didn't want that coming out under any circumstances. What they wanted coming out was anything bad about your favorite president, me. Anything bad about Trump, put it out, even if it's not true. But this all had nothing to do with science. This had nothing to do with saving lives. It had everything to do with politics or a sick ideology. This was about government working with powerful corporations to seize power over you, the American people. And we can't let that continue. The Twitter files prove that we urgently need my plan to dismantle the illegal censorship regime, a regime like nobody's ever seen in the history of our country, or most other countries for that matter, to prosecute the perpetrators for their crimes and to restore free speech for all Americans. So important. We need a free press. We need free speech. We need fair elections. And we need borders. The new Congress should immediately hold hearings to investigate the role of the FBI and other federal agencies in censoring lawful speech. Congressional leaders should promptly issue subpoenas in furtherance of this goal. The revelations also highlight why my proposal to end the revolving door between the deep state and there is a deep state indeed. I wasn't a believer, but everybody's a believer right now. And the tech tyrants is so important. There must be a seven-year cooling-off period before any employee of these powerful agencies is allowed to take a job at a major platform. When I'm president, we will take back our freedoms. We will take back our country. All right. I love it. I love it. Uh, who can argue with any of that? It's all true! All right, now let me know that this is the one he actually also on Truth Social. Uh, let's see here. At 12.34, p- no, shoot, when was this? Uh, about an hour ago, he put out two clips from my Newsmax show. How about that? Let me know when they're ready, okay? I know you're turning them around. Uh, that's pretty cool. It's on this uh, document situation, and I go through meticulously how Trump is off the hook, was never on the hook for uh, secret documents. And Joe Biden is in trouble, trouble. And I point out something that nobody else 
noticed. Uh, and if they noticed it, they didn't bother to talk about it. It's one of the things that I think totally exonerates Trump. And uh, we're good like that, right? What do you say, Bill? Jerry and Passaic, hello. Hi. I think what he did, I think he knew it all along, but I think that was done purposely because, in order to hide it because he felt he, he, he wouldn't win the election. So basically what they did is they hid the pa- he hid the papers away, and now he's playing dumb. It doesn't take much for him to play dumb. He's never <laughs> been a smart one anyway, but basically he went from dumb to dumber. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Right. Doesn't, uh, yeah. What and else? Another, yeah. Uh, uh, an- another thing is I think, I mean, they were saying impeachment, but now what's going on, mm-hmm. the leadership, which is not much in the, in the American Communist Party, which I prefer to call them, they will. They, he might actually be impeached along with uh, along with her because now they know they're going to get a beating, but they're going to get a bigger. If he stays in office, the beating was going to get three times worse. Well, the impeachment thing, if they impeach him, and they might impeach him, it's, uh, look, Donald Trump was impeached twice, right? And he wasn't removed from office, of course. We like that, but uh, the Senate is controlled, and you need two-thirds of the Senate. It's, uh, it wouldn't go anywhere. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, actually, I no. You know what? He's impeachable. Impeach his ass, quite frankly. The, on the border situation alone. Jerry, thank you. All right. I want to go back to the true social thing. That's this alternative social media site that I am just starting to get into. Uh, and Donald Trump is uh, has tweeted two clips from my show just a little while ago. Let me. Did he say anything other than or did he just put the clips up? Let me just see this. Uh, let's see. Donald J. Trump on Truth Social. And there it is, my picture. And you press on the, let's just, uh, no, no comment, without comment. So he puts this up on his uh, personal, the real Donald Trump, at real Donald Trump on Truth Social. And this is the first, the first thing you see is my face. And if you press on the video, this is the first thing you hear. Go ahead. I do think that the evidence that exonerates President Trump is is pretty simple. Number one, the GSA and the National Archives, they helped pack the material and sent them down to Mar-a-Lago while President Trump was still president, okay? This is January 18th. The moving, the moving uh, van, yeah, like many Americans, they had movers do it, uh, boxes and that kind of thing. Also, uh, President Trump arrived at Palm Beach for the last time as president, well, for the first term, At 11 o'clock in the morning on January 20th, he was still president of the United States. Joe Biden took the oath of office at 1147 a.m. That's interesting and I believe significant. So all of this talk from the DOJ, Merrick Garland, the fake news, it's doing nothing to bring this country together. You'll remember Joe Biden, his solemn promise, his sacred duty was to bring this country together. All right, that's it. Very good. It's true. I said it all. And uh, it's right there on True Social. That's the clip. That's cool. I like it. I like it. I like hey, can use the uh, could, could use the publicity. Um the Newsmax show every night at 10 o'clock. Oh, and let's not forget the book. And I got to thank the president of the United States for mentioning my book. Uh did you know that? He actually put out a statement uh about my book uh 
Let's see here. Justice for All by me, Greg Kelly. This was really kind of cool. This was surreal in a weird way. Um, What did he say? My friend Greg Kelly, who hosts an amazing show on Newsmax, has just written a very important book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I just saw an early copy. Greg explains how Obama undermined police in America and started a false narrative about law enforcement. He also addresses the fake news about January 6th. I urge all patriots to buy a copy now. Thank you, Mr. President, and that's good advice. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hmm. Do we like Tom Hanks? I actually like Tom Hanks. Apollo 13, a couple of other films I thought were pretty good. Yeah, of course, he's a Hollywood liberal. I think he narrated the uh, Democrat National Convention, chunks of it or whatever. Um, They're giving him a hard time. There's a video online where he's at some sort of uh, like beauty pageant for kids, for like six-year-olds. And uh, remember John Benet Ramsey, that kind of look. And he's... uh, congratulates one of the winners and he's like sexy baby you sexy baby and it's a kid uh i think the catch is it's a what do you call it a it's a skit it's some sort of skit he did on the fallon show and they're trying to make it into something i don't think he maybe they were satirizing something or making fun of something i don't think it's a i actually met tom cruise i'm sorry tom uh, tom hanks we're talking about once He's one of the most charismatic people I got to tell you I've ever met in my life. I couldn't. He's just like, man, you know, I, I one time kind of wondered about him because he's not, you know, he's not like a typical movie star. It's not like he's like that you know, Brad Pitt handsome or anything like that. And acting is good, but he's basically Tom Hanks. He's always recognizable. I mean, you, that's Tom Hanks. You never think of the character. You think of Tom Hanks. I think part of his success is to his talent off screen because, again, the charisma is funny as hell, smart. He was at a luncheon over at the uh, Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum. I also met Clint Eastwood that day. One thing about Clint Eastwood I noticed, he was looking at everybody like a hawk, very, very observant, studying people. It wasn't like an, for an affect or anything like that. I was watching him a lot. My dad was there, too. It was a, what was that thing? Uh, it was a screening of the movie Sully. Remember Sully Sullenberger? Miracle on the Hudson, landing that plane. Well, they made a movie about it. Clint Eastwood directed. Tom Hanks played Sully. I even met Sully that day. It was a very cool luncheon. And what else happened there? Uh, I guess that's it. Not such a great movie. I mean, yeah, it was okay. Uh, but yeah, Tom Tom Hanks is a very impressive dude. And yeah, you can win a room over. And uh, we got to put this guy in a movie. He's so great. Although part of me wondered, actually, is he really that charismatic? Or is it that he's Tom Hanks, he's famous, and everybody's kissing his ass, right? Everybody, you know, that's like when you're Tom Hanks, you walk into a room, people are different. You know what I mean? And, and everything you say seems funny. I actually thought he was genuinely funny, genuinely humorous and witty. But there is a thing, and I don't think you would want that. I don't think you would want the the entire world hanging on your every word like that. I just don't. And I think it would make you a little bit um, Joe Biden-ish, actually. And Joe Biden-ish has not been genuinely funny in his (laughs) entire 30 years. But he's got a room full of sycophants laughing at everything he does. Some of it's genuinely funny, but they're laughing at him, not with him. But, you know, 
Uh, you don't want that. You want your I, even Tom Brady. I wonder he's great on the football field, right? Nobody gives him anything on that football field. These guys are fighting him every step of the way. But he walks into a boardroom, and the guys are like, "Oh my God, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, girls, guys, every you know, just the." And I think it may dull, or you know, you're not sharp. Imagine if you're a lion. And everywhere you went, they petted you and gave you food and took care of you. What would it be like when you get to the jungle? You'd suck at being a lion. Does that make sense? I don't know. know. Jim is in Bing. Oh, Binghamton. My, I, I used to live up there. Eight months. Eight fine months. Where are you in Binghamton? Actually, Afton. I oh, told you're the guy in the here. suburbs. The suburbs. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's up? Oh, it's it's a, you again. Actually, a farm. Actually, a farm. <laughs> But the difference between Biden and Trump, Trump basically had them as just historical souvenirs, you know. And, and the thing about being president, he could declassify him. Biden is documented backing, backing him up millions of dollars with Hunter on the laptop. Who was he procuring these classified papers for? This is just what they found. If you know any criminal, your father will tell you. When you catch somebody who's a criminal, that's one of a thousand things they did. These documents or just a tiny speck that he left behind when he was procuring our secrets for the people who were paying him and the Hunter off. Joe, That's my take. I, I agree with you, pal, and Joe Biden will not be the nominee. This is very, very serious. This is a big, big, big deal. And by the way, it may go away as an issue, but I think you'll see Joe Biden go away as well. Thanks, Jim. Joe, Mount Sinai, Long Island, yes, sir. Yes, we should be very concerned about... China's influence with the help of Biden, Disney, and LeBron James in places like Brazil, Mexico. Nobody sees this Brazil thing for what it is. They got they got the, the super plan. Uh, anybody, we cheat all over the world to get our guys in, the Soros plan. We cheat, we cheat, we cheat. Anybody says anything, you're an effing election denier. And that's the new world order. They're going to try to turn this world around and make us live like the scumbags in Europe. I don't want to live like the scumbags in France. All right, stop. We don't want the scumbags in Europe. I mean, they're good people in Europe, all right? We're talking about the the globalists. We don't like them. Look, I don't disagree with a good chunk of what you said. I don't like the scumbag reference, but, uh, hey, let's end on this, all right? Let's... uh, I think things could turn around, all right? In honor of Ronald Reagan, cut for, uh, in honor of Ronald Reagan, 34 years ago today, his farewell address. The words still mean a lot. Cut 41. I've spoken of a shining city all my political life, but I don't know if I ever quite communicated what I saw when I said it. But in my mind, it was a tall, proud city built on rocks stronger than oceans, windswept, God-blessed, and teeming with people of all kinds, living in harmony and peace. A city with pre-ports that hummed with commerce and creativity. And if there had to be city walls, the walls had doors, and the doors were open to anyone with the will and the heart to get here. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Wow. How far we have fallen. (laughs) Joe Biden yelling at us all the time. Take the vaccine or else. Or else. God sees everything. We got to work hard, but everything, I think, ultimately in the long run, we're going to be great. We're going to be great. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show. Thank you for your support.